Today, we're transporting you to the star-studded place you see in the movies, the city of angels, La La Land, Hollywood. Hop off the plane at LAX and brace yourself for an inside look at what it's like to feel like the only one behind the scenes of television's biggest moments. This is the non-exclusive podcast. Stories that remind you you're not the only one. Hosted by Rebe and Candice. Patrice Patrick, founder of Together Good Co., works in television production and celebrity hospitality. She started this business not only to do what she loves, but also to treat the people of Hollywood with love and respect. She dives into how and why she started her own business, what exactly she does, and how this unique opportunity changed the way she sees the people around her, including some of your favorite celebrities. How does Patrice stay confident even in a fast-paced world that doesn't always look kindly on her personal faith and beliefs? She's going to answer that question beautifully in today's episode. So buckle up and get immersed in Hollywood with us, but be ready to leave equipped with confidence to walk through whatever uncomfortable situation you're facing. We'll dive right into our conversation with Patrice right after this. In today's episode, you're going to hear Patrice talk a lot about thriving and how you need community to do that. If you want to dive deeper into what that means in your life, download our free journaling guide. It's going to help you examine where your heart is in relationships of all kinds, friendship, romance, and your relationship with God. Get it free in the description of today's episode or on our Instagram at non-exclusivepodcast. All right. So we just want to prep you because there's some Hollywood speak in this. Patrice is going to talk about a thing called a rider. What that is, is celebrities exact requests of what they want in their dressing room. Like I want LaCroix, but I want peach pear LaCroix with limes on the side or whatever it may be, but generally pretty specific. And now that that's out of the way, here is the lovely Patrice Patrick. Thank you for actually inviting me um, to be on your podcast because you, as you know, I'm a listener and I support like what you ladies are doing. It's just awesome. But yeah, so long story short, how I got involved in uh, the world of entertainment was basically Kevin Richardson from the Backstreet Boys. And uh, (laughs) this this is, I know this is probably not the answer that you were expecting, but literally when I was in high school, a senior high school. And so P.S. by the way, I'm 39 in high school was absolutely obsessed uh, with the Backstreet Boys, the group. And so um, I met a really sweet uh, friend of mine in college and we decided we wanted to try and track them down at some sort of TV show taping. And so uh, I went to uh, undergrad in Southern California. And if you go to, or at the time when you would go to places like Third Street Promenade, they would like, I don't know if they still do this, but they give out like tickets or whatever, if you want to go see a live show or be like in the audience. And so somebody gave us like a random flyer for this show. And it had like Backstreet Boys, like listed as one of the potential like groups or musicians that were going to actually show up. And so we were like, oh my gosh, that's like the Lord has heard our prayers. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so we um, ended up going to this taping of this show. And um, back, by the way, the Backstreet Boys never ended up showing up for the show, not at all for like the season, because it was like an episodic thing. So they were having different like musical acts, you know, each week. And so they, Backstreet Boys never showed up, but I feel like the Lord used that as like a doorway to kind of get me into 
uh, where I'm at right now, because I was studying like radio and TV, but I just happened to ask, well, we're at that taping of the show where Kevin Richardson never showed up. I asked a random cameraman. I'm just curious. Um, I was like, how does someone get to intern on a TV show like this? Like I, I had no idea. Like I didn't have a, an uncle that was a director. I didn't know any producers. I was super, super green. And he told me I should call the production company and ask for um, such and such. He gave me the name and like gave me like basically the phone number. And so we left that taping and I had this sort of my phone number and I literally called that phone number the next day. And I said, hey, I'm in college. I didn't even know, like, this is how unofficial I was, like, trying to get an internship. I was like, my best friend and I would like to, like, come and help out. <laughs> I just, because I was literally, like, eight, I was 18, um, or maybe 19 at the time. And she was a line producer. I kind of learned what a line producer is, someone who hired. I mean, that word producer has different meanings in different genres. Even in the world of TV production, it can mean they do different functions. But for that show, she was in charge of hiring interns along with managing entire multi-million dollar budget. But she was like, sure, uh, since you're in college, it, you know, you can work for free. So I don't have to like, you know, pay. So who's going to, you know, turn down free 99 work? I mean, for real. Um, <laughs> mentioned like, okay, well, it'll only, it will only be like a, a $20 stipend. Um, and I was so green. I, when I got the phone, I told my friend, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to get to be interns, like on a TV show. And we only have to pay $20 to be on the show. <laughs> and okay. For anyone who doesn't know, it's, it's like they pay us. The stipend is like basically our gas money. Or like a, small, <laughs> like cute. a small amount that they just basically compensate us because we're not paid workers and um, we would get like credit, but just to kind of help compensate. And so I just didn't know that language. I didn't know anything, but that was in 1998. And so um, I started interning on that show for that particular production company. And then fast forward, I mean, that kind of snowballed into like me meeting other people, an intern turning into, I became a stylist assistant. I knew nothing about wardrobe, but I learned a whole bunch, then learned about different areas of television production. And it was really good for me to be hands-on. Some people learn, I love being in an academic setting. I actually really love it, but I realized I don't actually grow until I'm actually forced to like just implement, like start swimming, something like start putting stuff to action. So yeah, I then, I took a break from doing TV production stuff and like being a stylist assistant and went to film school after um, undergrad. And I thought I was going to be um, an editor or a cinematographer or a director. <laughs> and then I thought my last year of film school, I was like, hey, I kind of miss the energy of being in TV because film, like working on a movie set is different than working in TV. And so I was like, oh, I kind of miss that energy. And I loved the people that I worked with. And so I, I happened to call up um, a production company that I knew. And at this time, I knew several that did um, most of the award shows in Los Angeles. It's really just a handful of these production companies, not a whole bunch. And so when you kind of learn like the big players, like the big five, they pretty much kept, they did all of the live shows, the variety specials, the award shows, Grammys, all of those things. So I called to try and intern again for the Emmys when I was finishing film school. And that was probably in 2006. And then I got basically sucked back into doing TV. I mean, it took a while as a freelancer because I'm not working for one production company. My small company is called Together Good Co, um, like CO. It's basically a small company that houses like three specific areas. One is television production. And I can go into sort of what 
that all entails because that can be very specific in terms of what kind of TV shows do I work on and you know what positions do I do, blah, blah, blah. But I will usually mentor folks that want to actually get into TV production or events. And so there's that aspect of Together Good Co. And then when I get hired on a show, I usually bring in my staff, my team, who are all freelancers or part-time work for me. And then part-time are moms, wives, dads, uh, writers, firemen, like just they have other lives and other jobs. And then another aspect of Together Good Co. is celebrity hospitality. And so when I started working in um, TV production, I somehow got involved in this specific niche of uh, celebrity dressing room prep for like a show. So I do a lot of award shows. Um, It's not the only type of television shows that I do, but I've done quite a few award shows. And I would start to get hired to do the dressing room prep and the hospitality for shows like the Grammys and the Emmys. And there's a lot of logistics that people don't really realize that go into not just catering to one artist, but now, you know, I had I think at the time when I was doing the Grammys, there was at least 77 dressing rooms that I was managing. So that's a lot of different writers, which is like the specific request, you know, from the celebrities. That's a lot of different management camps. That's a lot of different opinions. There's a lot, you know, there's stage managers involved. There's producers, there's a director, there's another, there's other creative teams learning to like be in that field because it's so interesting. When I first started interning, that wasn't really... Um, an area they would just have normally like a PA kind of like go fulfill a writer. And then that became a very specialized thing, I think, within the 10, 15 years that I've been doing it. And so there's really just a handful of us that do it in Los Angeles and that get kind of called all the time. And so so there's three. So we've talked about um, TV production, celebrity hospitality. And the last thing is brand integration. And so when you think of like um, prepping a room for a celebrity and like, think of like the gift baskets, you know, that people set in their rooms and they're like fun, cool things. Or if you're at the Ritz Carlton, you know, or any fancy, you know, place they put like just really great things in the room to make them feel at home. And, and so I had been working just sort of organically with new brands at the time. Now they're, if I were to mention them, they're super well known now, especially at like Whole Foods and things like that. Um, but I would talk to their PR and marketing people and just say, Hey, like I'm working the Grammys and I'm, you know, doing this room for fill, fill in the blank celebrity. Would you guys want to be, you know, backstage in their room, you know, in a way. And they were like, well, of course. Yeah, and so, smart. Yeah. And so I didn't realize what I was doing at the time. Honestly, I did. I had no, I, I just thought I was like, this is the food that I would like to eat. And like, if there's any leftover, you know, I would <laughs> like to snack on myself. And so I started naturally integrating brands um, into the celebrity experience. And so that became like a service that I was doing um, on the side, on top of my TV productions work. And how this all came about, honestly, this sounds, I know, probably so like, woo, wacky, wacky, dooley. But like, I woke up one morning and I literally... I feel like it was um, like a heavenly creative download. And I had heard of other people, like when there's prayers of like, Lord, like give them witty, you know, creative ideas and inventions. And like, I was like, yeah, like I know the Lord can do it for you. Or yeah, I, like God can do anything. Like I'm just, I'm that person. I was like, yes, you can walk through a wall if you want you to. Like, why not? I don't know. But like I, that had never happened to me. Like where I had had just this download of idea. And I literally just grabbed my journal that was by my bed and just started writing writing, writing, writing. And long story short, it ended up being like um, a really um, rough, rough, rough draft of a business plan for Together Good Co. What I just explained to you now, but I had 
like not the language I even have now. Like I, I just rewrote like another sort of description for my company for a social media page. And I just, cause I feel like I get more clarity each day. I feel like the Lord gives me more clarity of like what the mission is, what his heart is in this, because I feel like my whole heart with hospitality and why I think I fell in love with it was that I loved creating like a very sacred, holy space for these celebrities where they could actually encounter the peace of God. And so I would bring in, you know, intercessors to pray over the rooms of, you know, fill in the blank, you know, celebrities that you would know, um, performers, a lot of, a lot of musicians, because I, I just kind of understood that whole tour life and wanting a sense of home. But I also felt like too, as an opportunity, like for if they would never experience Jesus, never walk inside a church, like know that I do prayer walks like around like they know that I'm a Christian and I've been for the most part like I'm not like Bible thumping like that but I am like I was a youth pastor at the same time I was doing TV production like work so it was like I can't hide this part of either of my life from either group like my youth group knew that I was working in entertainment and entertainment knew that they were my youth group was my priority like I was yeah. eternity eternal things Holly I mean like I love you Hollywood because God made me love you but like I mean come on and yeah. so anyway <laughs> so those are basically the three areas um and and that's basically how like it even came about like I feel like it was the Lord just being so kind to me and dropping the idea of this company which is now kind of my experience what started out as something super like fun and an adventure had such purpose. Like he really does like order our steps and the, the title or the, the name of my company is together. Good co. And funny story. When I was writing the whole vision down of this really rough and probably horrible now to look at business sketch, but I was like, well, God, I guess this is like a thing. I guess it needs a name or something like to be official. And I was like, I don't know. Like I was so like open-handed with it. Like I wasn't like it could fail or succeed. Like, I, like, it, let's just have some, if you're putting this in my hands, awesome. Let's go for it. And I look up at my calendar and it, it was, um, it just had like Romans eight twenty eight and like this really beautiful calligraphy. And that literally was the name. And I felt like it was also a reminder, like that this company is really not mine in the end. Like it's something that I really get to steward. And that's something that I'm still learning a lot because I'm very, like, I'm a three on the Enneagram with a two wing. I mean, <laughs> but, um, cause I know three sometimes get a really bad rap. But like, I had to learn, like, when he authors something, like, I don't have to maintain it in my flesh. Like, I have to just stay surrendered and yielded, which is really countercultural, you know, when you feel like you're, you're meant to like, be on the grind and make things happen. And now I have this, I guess, this title of being a businesswoman and a, and a career woman, which is like, I totally don't have my life together. Like, I'm like what does that mean? I feel like when someone says that phrase, I think of, you know, like someone who's, in Forbes or like just, you know, and there's different levels of success. I understand that. You kind of touched a little bit on this, but I kind of want to go back to it. Hollywood can be a pretty like dark place. It's yeah. not generally like the first place you think of when you think of Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah. But I know that there, you, there's a lot of people like you who have a heart for Hollywood and are very like strategic in in having intercessors and, you know, all of these things. And so well, just um, praying over where you're yeah. working that day. Like that's, it's, that's pretty yeah. huge. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, we work in Christian radio and sometimes I think we forget to pray yeah. about like what we're doing. <laughs> Guilty. And like we work in Christian radio. So basically I just really want to hear more about like you have this faith and sometimes it doesn't line up with yeah. the beliefs, the things that you're surrounded with, with even, you know, lyrics and songs 
you know, the movement of like everybody is equal and we don't actually have to have an identity. We could be whatever we want. You know, all of these things when we know like at our core, like who God made us to be. And I'll add in there just dealing with people and working with people that can test anybody's like witness, if you will, or like representation of Jesus and trying to be kind and like good. There's almost like it's, it's so much happening at once that involves your faith, um, whether it's just the darkness and disagreeing with certain ideas or just trying to represent your faith well. You know, has that been isolating at times? What has that been like? I'm just really curious to kind of hear more of that inner part of the story. Yeah, no, that's a great question. But I love to, Ruby, that you mentioned, like, no matter like what arena you work in, like, like dealing with people because people are people, regardless if you work in Christian radio or if you are a businesswoman or businessman or you work in Hollywood, um, there's still some fundamental things that, you know, people will get on your nerves. And like, and then also there will be some crazy stuff going on. And, and where do you position yourself within that? And what do you, you align yourself to and with? And I, for me, I think just to deal with the isolation uh, portion, I guess, first. It was interesting because I grew up going to a a Christian school from the age of five until 18. I went to the same Christian school in my my town. And so I went to school and I, I didn't realize it was such a unique and beautiful, rare experience. And not everyone would say that, I think, but I can say that. And um, one of my best friends to this day, who we met when we were like 12 years old at that school, we we're still best friends to this day, but we knew it wasn't ideal, like, and like, Oh, like Disneyland, but like for us, it kind of was like, you know, and I just kind of purposed in my heart, like this is going, this is going to be the best, these are the best years of my life. I realized how the Lord has so prepared me for where I'm working now. It's a very unique uh, experience, but I think it ingrains in you this sense of community, like, but community family, like literally, like I know when your birthday is, I know like it just, we had Bible class every day. So I'm hearing the word every day. We had chapel every week. So that was like a part of like no one had to make me do those things that became so ingrained in who I was. And then when I went to college for undergrad, I went to um, Pepperdine, which is um, a church of Christ university. And so there was still um, that Christian influence in the atmosphere. There was, you know, a little bit of like, oh, okay, this is what it's like to be out a little bit, but I didn't feel like it was yet the real world, quote unquote. But then for film school, I went to USC which is um, a very liberal secular uh, school and that, and I knew I was like, this is, this is going to be like something (laughs) and I'm going to need prayer because I feel like already I could feel there was this spirit of like coming, the spirit of coming against Christianity, you know, just like in a very aggressive way. And because again, you can have, you could be from any other background, any other religious background, but if you say that you love Jesus or if you're a Christian, you could feel that like resistance. And I knew I was going into an atmosphere where it wasn't going to be like now express your faith openly and just, you know, yes, we're here. And so I was like, God, how's this going to work? And I just remember just, I asked the Lord and I really feel like it was the Holy Spirit that gave me this wisdom to even pray. But I was like, God, I just need one. Just give me one friend at USC. Like, it'll make me cry even now, <laughs> but like, God, give me just one. Cause I just need one. And I'm kind of an introvert, but my, my other, I guess, best times in life or whatever is just having that one best friend. Like I love, like, I love group settings as well, but I love having just like my, my Louise to my Thelma. Like, you know, like it's, I'm, 
I'm that. And I was like, God, I just need one. Like, I don't need a whole crowd of people. I don't need to be in the in crowd. I don't need to be like, I just need one. And then we can talk about community and like all the other things that I know I need to stay grounded. And literally my first semester, we uh, at USC, we had to do a project where you have to work with a teammate. You basically have to have a partner. And I had seen this girl in my class and she seemed like she was like quiet. And I'm always drawn to like quiet folks and quiet people, but she's something about her. I just felt like, Hey, can we meet? Cause maybe we can um, do this project together. And long story short, she ended up being a Catholic girl that loved the Lord like so much. And we ended up talking about God the entire time and just how just divine timing and how we felt the Lord brought us here. And we were just kind of like blown away of like, wait, what's happening? And so she was my one friend for all four years. And she's one of my best friends to this day. This whole idea of like not feeling isolated. So I just kind of walked you through like sort of how God set me up for like really valuing community and also friendship and and relationship where you're really vulnerable and really walking through life with another person. So it wasn't like, I can't, I can't compartmentalize like okay, this is my TV work. This is my church life. This is my boo, 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 but not I, like I, that doesn't work. And I learned that really early on, I think in high school too, is like trying to live two lives is like exhausting and it's not beneficial. And so then when I, when it came time to work in TV production, I was involved in a local church and um, I felt like prayer covering for me was huge. I have to jump in here and provide a little bit of background because we had a glitch in the audio here. Patrice told us that she has received writers from celebrities that literally say they want chips, dip, women, and weed. That's a real person's request. Isn't that like just crazy? Like it blows my mind a little bit. I know that that's out there, but to actually like receive that, that's what she's having to deal with. So that's what we missed from the audio glitch. Now back to Patrice as she explains how she handles those kinds of requests. Like that's on like someone's real, like that's a real person's order. And I was just like, my sort of my stance would be like, no. And I will talk to the management. And I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fulfill this number one. And, and I can go into sort of even like the the legality of it too, where it's like, if I'm working a show, like we're not going to be held responsible for supplying that. So I mean, I felt like I was backed up on many fronts to not have to compromise my faith and, and ethics, you know, in that way. So that's just like, you know, where I could kind of say no. And then for me to not putting my, my staff in um, circumstances where they have to, where their back is up against a wall or they have to do something outside of what they feel comfortable doing or weird, you know, just, you know, things that give them checks in their spirit too. And even, I feel like too, even if they're not a believer, like I, they are worthy of honor and I never want to put someone in, you know, a position um, where they're going to be dishonored or disrespected because yeah, it, Hollywood does sometimes have a different standard of living and life. And what I think too, because the Lord has broken my heart for Hollywood. So I don't get to sort of stand back and just be like, point my finger and say, sinner, sinner, you know, and you guys are horrible and disgusting. Like I actually work with these people and, and it's like literally everyone I see on TV now or here in the radio, I'm one degree away from that person. And, and it doesn't, not in the way that, Ooh, because I'm, I'm in the end. No, it's like, because I feel like connected and obligated to like be honest, to not gossip, to love them. Well, I like my family, like I get my family too, because if we, if there's like, I don't know, access Hollywood or, you know, something on and, and they'll just be like, oh, this is da 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 da. And I was just like, you can't, like, we can't, we can't even go there because next week we're going to be working this show and you're going to actually see his manager. 
And you can't, that's where we can't do that. And it, it kind of hits my family. It's like, oh yeah. Like, <laughs> like we, like we hold, we, we get to like, it's really, for me, I'm serving these people and, and until the Lord calls me into a different arena, like that's where he's called me. Mostly everyone I work with, you know, I try without like thumping Bibles, you know, like I'm like, I'm a Jesus girl all the way. And I try to make it really known on my social media. Now it's like, everyone's on social media. I think when I was first starting in this field, it wasn't the case. And side note, when I was first starting, I didn't see as many believers, outspoken believers when I first started as I do now, which has been really encouraging. And I've been able to mentor some really incredible people over the years that are now making a a career for themselves in it that are also believers that are, you know, being a light in their particular area of production. And, but there's so much more light, so much more light that's needed. And I feel like that's a part of why the Lord's like called me to steward together good code because I feel like it's now time for this next generation to come in in a greater way to really bring like who he is and to really bring like legitimate transformation. I found it interesting but really encouraging that you know we asked like have you ever felt isolated and you immediately came back with this like here's exactly why I don't feel isolated. Like <laughs> yeah. and that, like that's perfect because here you are in a situation that could be so easily making you feel alone or questioning yeah. or, you know, all of these things that we all face in different arenas. And yet you're like, no, like God prepared me. He taught me the importance of community. So like you're filled up with that um, relationship that we all mm-hmm. need with each other and with fellow believers. You have people praying for you, covering you in that prayer. Like that's huge as you walk into these places and you take your faith with you. Like you're not trying to hide it. You're praying over the places you're in. You've taken all of these steps and the Lord really has prepared you to be strong and to not feel like the only one because you're choosing to like walk confidently in what he's called you to do. And I think that's amazing. Like that's a really great message. And that's something that I think everybody can take with them in whatever arena they find themselves in. So that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no, I mean, but it's been, you know, it's been like a roller coaster, you know, sure. in you know, in the midst of that. But I feel like the anchor for me is knowing that like community is such um uh, such a lifeline for all of us. Like honestly, like we're not meant to thrive isolated. We're meant to thrive, you know, in community. And um I get I'm very like a type and get in my like I can do this on my own. I I have a hard time asking for help in those seasons where I have a hard time asking for help or where pride is taking over my heart. That's when I will start to feel isolated. There'd be seasons where I would feel isolated and not having like my husband and you know even youth like I was youth pastoring and doing TV production and I think there's I have such a heart for like female leaders and especially single leaders too just because I've you know, walked it in this way and it's totally possible. And I totally had so much joy, but like, I mean, if I want to get really real and like, really like honest, the times that I feel isolated is like when I feel like I have that yearning for my husband, for my mate, or if I'm walking in pride and think that I have to do everything on my own and I'm not really surrendering it to the Lord. So that's when I do feel isolated. Highlighting that community in both of those areas is really, really important. Like that's oh what my keeps gosh. you going. The community um, and just like, God. Well, yes. <laughs> we already take we, it's like an obvious one. I know that, but like that, like to yeah. me, sometimes, like I said, like we don't even remember sometime to pray here and include him in the process here. Absolutely. And so even though it seems like, of course, like yeah. there is like an act of actually doing it, 
you know, of actually taking the time to invite him into the process. So that's why I say it. I know not just to be like, yeah, no. Jesus, like the yeah, pre-K no, that's is You were talking about, you know, working with these high profile kind of celebrity names and how you get the unique front seat at, at seeing that they're just people too. They're just people. They have their good days and their bad days and all of these things. And it reminded me of the time that uh, I was a big, say what you will, everyone has their own opinion, but I was a big um, 1989 by Taylor Swift fan, like that album. Loved that album. Um, I was so excited for it to come out. And so I remember like upon my first listen through, I really liked it. But somewhere in there, I was like, oh, she's been hurt. And oh, I wonder, I don't know her story, but I don't really hear anything about like faith or God in here. And I ended up like feeling sad for her. And I remember like talking about with my friends because it was like the thing to talk about. And they were all like, you listened to a new pop album and now you're like worried about her soul. Like what? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like only you would do that. And I'm like, well, that's what happened. And, And so like, I don't think about that every time, but have you had moments like that that you could share? Like, obviously not like details about anybody, but have you seen things that make you treat people differently? Or have you even had a chance to encourage people that are lost or hurting? I'm not really in that forefront and I'm having that thought, but you're right there in front of these people. Like, what has that been like? And do you have any stories that have changed your perspective on celebrities or even grown your faith and your perspective on humanity? Ruby, that's beautiful, actually, (laughs) because I feel like if more people actually engage their heart in that way, they wouldn't say the things that they do on social media. Totally. Um, Because I feel like, again, people think that they're just talking to the void or they're talking to a caricature or they're talking to an image of a person. And it's like, actually, no, you are talking to a real flesh and blood person. They could be your neighbor. They could be just, it's like a real person. But I think we distance ourselves because I think that's what, excuse me, celebrity culture does anyway, because it's like, they're far off. You'll never see them. They'll never hear these words that you're, they'll never hear these opinions. But I think social media has kind of flipped the script on that because it's like, you're going to hear all the opinions now and you're going to know every, and it's like, ah. <laughs> um, but I think too, out of the abundance of the, the heart, the mouth speaks. And I feel like just Revy again, that's really beautiful that you actually do pick up on, you know, I mean, you don't have to pick on everything, you know, as the Lord leads or, you know, whatever, or, or you can, for me, I tend to have some really cool experiences with like producers, like of the shows and um, people in the camps. And so I've had some really cool opportunities to pray with people, which is like my favorite thing to do. Like, I just, I love to, I love to pray for the most part. And the Lord's probably chuckling right now. He's like, really? Do you? Like all the time? (laughs) (laughs) But like, sometimes he and I wrestle it out, you know, but that's like, I, but I do love to pray for people. And uh, yeah, so I've had opportunities where someone has pulled me in, you know, to a dressing room and just say, hey, I just need prayer really quickly. Or I write a blog post as, or a blog. I write a blog as well. And, and some of the blog posts that I've written have been really vulnerable over the years. And I didn't realize a lot of my coworkers, a lot of producers and PAs and, you know, managers or what have you were reading my blog and it's a handful of people like, no, you know, no one really knows a lot about my blog post, maybe just those I work with in our industry. But like, again, I'm very open. I'm doing, I'm doing scriptures. I'm talking about how I hear, you know, Jesus's voice and like, you know, just stuff where people are like, okay. Um, but like, I would have people like 
pull me aside and have like life talks with me, like, and just pour their heart out to me. And, and, and trust me, like if they, you know, in a, in any other setting, you wouldn't even know they were interested in like spiritual matters, or they just seemed like they were so into their own life or partying or whatever. But I think this is with anyone in any field, people are hurting number one, like everywhere more than they let on. And I think for us as believers, it's really important for us to be authentic and to be vulnerable. And I think, I hope, like I've never been really good at just going up to people that I work with. Cause I've always felt it's kind of awkward too. Like I want to be professional and, but I also want like to give Holy spirit permission to like move and interrupt my life at all times. There's that quote. I forget who says it. It's like, if you want to be like a good Christian shoemaker, like you don't have to put crosses on the shoes everywhere. You just make really good shoes. <laughs> yes. That's a really, I did a really bad paraphrase or whatever, but like the premise is like also do your work really well. And that's very honoring, especially to the people that you work with. And then if there's opportunities too, to sh- like be very open, like you don't need to hide your faith. And so I kind of err sometimes, and I don't know if this has always been right, but like, I really wanted to kind of prove myself that I'm willing to put in the work. Like, I'm not just here just to like, you know, Bible thump you or, you know, say I'm entitled to be here because God called me to be in Hollywood. And so now, yeah, here I am. You're welcome. Like, that's, I've never wanted to kind of be that person. And I wanted to establish relationship with the people that I worked with. And so I felt like I wouldn't gain any real credible traction. They wouldn't see any real credible fruit for my life. And I'm a turtle all the way, meaning like I'm, I go like the slope. So they can see who I am, that I'm not just like, I'm just talking the talk or whatever, or whatever their experience has been with Christians, because there's a lot of other people that say that they are believers and they live a very contrary lifestyle in my field and obviously in a lot of other fields. And so I wanted them to see the fruit of my life and also that I would act, I'm willing to work. Like I want to do my work with excellence and work really well. And I can actually be professional and not tell everybody's business about all the people that I get to work with. I love who I get to work with and, and the performances I get to see, but yeah. I really appreciate and like how your story translates into like advice and being equipped for a lot of different areas of life. Like it doesn't matter where you are. You take God, you take your community, you take prayer, you know, you take your that excellent work with you and you know, you, you just be human. And I mean, that's what we're called to do and I think that has come out in your story really well. So I think, you know what, Ruby, as you're saying that, it was reminding me that when you're saying human, it reminded me of the word humanity and how you left the beautiful <laughs> weight of, of that and how I view humanity different. And I think, um, <laughs> no, no, I think that's such a good, like, that's a part. I was like, I didn't want to miss that part. I know I like. You do get like lot. a really unique look at like humanity it, at yes. pinnacles and yeah. deepest pits, yeah. I'm sure. Like, I just, see, you know behind the scenes, which I've always wanted to do. Like I've always been fascinated with behind the scenes of like what makes everything tick and things like that. But specifically with entertainment, it was like, oh, like what do they do as they're preparing? Or what does that look like? Is everything as glamorous as it seems? And and obviously we know the answer to that. No, everything is not as glamorous as it seems. Even if you have your dream job, even if it is Hollywood, even if whatever, it's not as it always appears to be, but humanity, what I've learned. And, you know, I was backstage for the grant this past year's Grammys um, as well. And I just felt like it was such a special time actually with me and the Lord. Cause I was like where I was positioned. I was just kind of like, 
kind of hanging out near where stage managers hang out and just make sure that they were good and not really doing like too much heavy lifting. It was, it was wonderful, but I had this very interesting perspective looking at every single performer that was coming in from, you know, stage left for the show and seeing how they, you know, get their nerves out. And, um, you know, when they're talking to their cat, like, do I look okay? Do I look, am I I okay? Do I sound okay? Okay. Or we're coming off stage. How was that? How was that? And you hear the biggest of the biggest names, you know, I won't name who, but like, you can think of whoever, and they have those, those doubts and that still that interview, like, what was I good enough? Am I good enough? Am I worthy? Like, did that matter? Do I count? And I think literally when you start to see every single performer, every single celebrity that you've ever wanted to meet and you see them and the, that vulnerable space, that completely humanizes them in a way that is like, wow, Jesus. Like I've always prayed, like, God, let me see people. When I say people, I mean, you, Ruby, I mean, you, Candace, I mean, name a celebrity, like with the eyes of Jesus. Like, I want to see them the way you see them, Jesus. And I felt like for some reason this year, I was really getting to see them in a new perspective. I feel like he just, each year he gives me like, he just takes off a layer of my, maybe my hardness, not maybe like for sure, my hardness of heart um, and softens my heart towards the very people that I know sometimes people are just so angry and irritated with, but there are those glimpses where you see like, wow, they are a human being. They're not just a commodity. They're somebody's sister. They're somebody's, you know, daughter or son. My heart is like, I want to treat the janitor the same way I treat, you know, the celebrity that just came off from winning five Grammys. Like there, there's no difference in the dignity that they're afforded. That's what I've learned. Um, and then for me, I've gained a lot more humility. I think just for me personally, because again, just, I think my main thing is dealing with pride. And I think that's a a cover up for feeling so insecure in certain, you know, other areas. I think we all do this maybe in different areas of our lives, but, but yeah, just like really growing in, you know, humility. And with that, for me, it's been like really watching what I say to people and over people and to other people. And I think gossip, you know, in my industry is like one of like the big fuelers of the industry. And that's one thing the Lord is like, please don't participate in that. Like Patrice, like, please don't. And so for me, in a very practical way, I don't gossip. I try not to, even with my company, I try not to, like, I will share like who I'm working with sometimes, but um, I don't want to do it in a way that's really dishonoring or just using the person to say, Hey, I'm rubbing elbows with whatever. Um, I try to be, I'm not probably not perfect at it at all, but yeah, I'm trying to get better. Well, and that's a fine line too, because you are working with them. Yeah, you're totally. You're trying to like post about your business, but then yeah. I, yeah, you have to, like, I love that you're conscious of that respect and just trying to treat them kindly. I mean, Ruby and I have been having a lot of these conversations just off, you know, out of podcast, but about like being like enough and like knowing who your, what your identity is and it, like, no, the fact that you were talking about these like people that we put on this like pedestal humans that must have some of their stuff together, even though like deep down, if you, if I look at, if I think of any celebrity, I'm like, oh, yeah. there's going to be yeah. some issues. But still you think like, well, at least they have to know that they sounded incredible and they look yeah. stunning. Like they yeah. have to know that, you For know, sure. Sure. but to like think that they need that same, those same, that same affirmation, that same you know, hopefully eventually that same knowledge of who they actually are and their identity and like what, who God says they are that I need, you know, on a day, I just don't feel cute, you know, or whatever it is. And so that's what was making me 
like emotional because I don't think like that about whoever the person is, Taylor Swift or whomever, yeah. you know? Yeah. I just think like, oh, at least, they, I mean, they just, they just know, right? Yeah. They have enough yeah. people telling them they must know. But I don't know, and I have a lot of people telling me too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. I think the biggest thing we learned from Patrice is that stepping out of isolation, it's a lot about your attitude and your choices. Everyone, even that woman who just won a Grammy, feels unsure and alone sometimes. But you don't have to stay there. Hearing Patrice talk about choosing to look back and see how God has equipped her, choosing to pray over her workplaces, choosing to seek out and surround herself with people who build up her faith and pray with her, this all makes such a difference in her life, and it will make a difference in yours too. If you've ever dreamed of moving to Hollywood and being a part of the industry, this is your opportunity. Patrice mentors people who have an interest. Even if you just think you have a slight interest and you want to know what it's like, you should definitely get in contact with her. You can find information about everything she does and chat with her on Instagram at TogetherGoodCo. And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Titus 2.7